Oh boy. And we back. 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 We back. We back. We back. We back. Episode 51, guys. Uh, my God. I am tired as dick. You tired over here? What you, what's going on in your mind? <laughs> oh, okay. That, that'll wake you up. That'll wake you right the fuck up. <laughs> this is nothing. I right. I want to redo. Redo. Um. Right. They, okay. Uh, Mulligan. Mulligan. And we back. And we back. And we back. There and we go. Okay. Baby got Damn. back. Jeez, Fuck. Got it. I got. This is bad. This is bad. And it's not bad. This is bad. Okay. This is fine. Fifty-one. Yeah. Five-one. I think that's what it is. I think this is an odd. Like number. we crested the hill. Yeah. And now I'm slipping, Ben. Oh, okay. We're past our prime. We're has been. We're washed. Yeah. It's time for me yeah. to daydream about getting a convertible because I right. can't afford one. Right. And then hitting the strip. That sounds like a midlife crisis, Ian. <laughs> I'm 51, Ben. Yeah. yeah this that, podcast is 51 now. To start making terrible it needs choices. To, yeah. It, yeah. It needs to buy like a new chain, right. uh, a, a convertible that is not very right. sensible. Right. And you know, um, yeah, you spend your get your, some yeah. hair plugs. Yeah. You spend your uh, kids uh, college fund. You yeah. do. Because yeah. what did the you, little you shits ever that. do for you? you except that. put a strain on your marriage. Right. And then you go to, you, go, you know, you go to the casino and you spend it all. You go to the casino. You know, you spend it all. Right. You know, maybe you try that new Chinese restaurant that you've been eyeing, but you've been putting off. Right, yeah. This is it. This, this is life this now, is Ben. I am going into my midlife crisis. Yeah, I mean, it happened to the best of us. It happens to the best of us. Right. It was the best of us. It was the worst of us. <laughs> That's all I know about a tale yeah. from two cities. <laughs> don't you know really anything know. else. Yeah, I think that's like everyone gets that reference, but no one can tell you what it's about because yeah. it's so boring. I know we have some English majors that listen to this. Don't at me. I don't want to hear about it. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. We, we won't deal with it because we're going to get right into this episode. Episode 51. Okay, guys, we are in episode 51, like we previously stated. It's been a pretty decent day. It's actually really sunny. Spring is right around the corner. It's still cold as, as hell, though. Cold as hell. Yeah. yeah I mean, but here. Sun now. Maybe not there. Maybe not there where you are, but here where you in, are, in Chicago, you are. in the shy. In in Chicago, it is, it is. bitter. It's cold. Yeah. And that's why we're inside and we're trying to stay cozy and tell you about movies. That's you know? right, baby. That's right. That's right. And my name's Ben. My name's Ian. And we're Too Many Flicks, and we're going to jump right in um of a few with a few um notes here we're we're gonna start a new segment called hot takes later on today um where we give you our hot takes on movie news and movie cinema and uh you guys can see if we're right or if we're, you don't care for them at all that's why they're hot takes they're not necessarily popular they're hot takes um we're also gonna go over some movie news trivia some trailers some stream theory where we talk about streaming and and, and really popular or unpopular uh tv shows and our movies on those streaming platforms and we're gonna give you a little bit of movie news you goddamn right mm. let's uh let's jump right into it with some tasty trailers y'all tasty tasty trailer trailer mm, that's good that's real good okay gang we are starting off tasty trailers mm. by taking a look at run this Town. Run This Town comes out March 6th. It's directed by Ricky Tolman and it's starring Ben Platt, Mina Masood, Nina Dobrev, and Gil Bellows. An emerging political scandal in Toronto in 2013, seen through the eyes of young staffers at City Hall and a local newspaper. Pepa. Well, man, uh, this looks great. Uh, yeah, I'm really intrigued about what exactly went on because they really don't give you too much. They give you just enough to be like, oh, what's happening? But yeah. it's such good. It's, it's just intriguing. So I'm willing to bet, if we have any listeners in Canada, <laughs> I'm willing to bet that you could tell us what happened in Toronto right. in 2013 in connector to in connection to the mayor at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, it did seem yeah. to be possibly some sort of sexual harassment or something. That's what that's I feel what, like is yeah, indicated as well. loosely. Yeah. This, this looks great. It makes me feel culturally ignorant, which good. A lot of us of Americans are. Like, if you could tell me... All right. 
Alright, Canadian friends, take off your headphones. If you're an American and you can tell me what's happened in the Canadian political socioeconomic sphere for the past decade, right. I will Venmo you $100. No cheating. If you Google, Venmo. I will know. Right. But I'm straight up, if you can give me the major tent poles of right. municipal news in Canada for right. 10 years, I will, I will Venmo you. And that's just, okay, Canada friends, come back. Come back. I, Thank I, you. I would even go so far as to tell us the political parties. <laughs> That's even, yeah, that's great. If you can list without Googling, <laughs> I will Venmo you $10. Right, if yeah. you can tell me the major political parties right. that are like <laughs> vying for votes in Canada. Right. Because, hey, Americans, right. spoiler alert, right. we're kind of self-centered. Yeah, 100%. And I love that this film is going to be getting a wide release in the U.S. Because for, I, I'm willing to bet, and again, if we have Canadian listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, for Canadian viewers, it will be a satire slash sort of you know mm. like it, it'll be more goof less mystery or more like thriller less mystery and for americans it's going to be like a straight up kind of like mystery for a minute like right. who did what and what what does this mean who's a what's it yeah why what's going on why is this happening? who's running this town <laughs> exactly and it just looks really good they like uh we seem to follow uh some staffers at city hall we follow an up an upstart journalist who's kind of you know new on the scene but he wants to get like he gets a big break and it looks like nina dobrev maybe playing uh one of the insiders at city hall that's leaking the story it's it's got a nice tension in the trailer mm-hmm. it's got a good amount of levity that i think is a is a hard balance to strike up that i feel like a lot of a lot of uh trailers sort of miss out on they lean one way or the other and this one like does a very nice blend right yeah no uh i will say this and this is probably just because of budgetary um issues but the sound some of the sound was kind of weird and a little wonky and in, in places some of these sound really far sounds really close up and uh yeah. distorted it was kind of like well and okay so i think that this is interesting because hollywood has such a, a polished like marketing team and machine like they like they when it comes to publicity that's half the battle for a hollywood film you know like yeah, you get 100%. it in front of people's faces enough and make it look good they're gonna go see it cough mm-hmm. cough suicide squad um but with something like this like you could tell when shots were being done outside like at one point you brought up the the noise and when we went back and rewatched it i specifically noticed that one of those like far away less right. uh prominent audio tracks was because they were in a parking garage yeah which yeah. i think is interesting you right, know yeah. like that it's a little bit of a worldizing of the audio like this is what it would sound like in right, a parking yeah. garage but if hollywood made this trailer it would sound like it's all just in a booth kind of right yeah you know yeah i suppose but i, I also do that, agree yeah. that it probably is like just budget like they didn't necessarily do that across the board right yeah so you know it, it is what it is um you know toronto what we what we know of it, I guess, it can be a cutthroat city. Um, mm. and that, yeah, and that's what leads us to our next trailer, Cutthroat City. It comes out April the 10th. It's directed by RZA, uh, part of the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, <laughs> he, and it's starring Isa Gonzalez, Shamik Moore, Keenan Johnson, Wesley Snipes, Terrence Howard, Ethan Hawke, and Tip T.I. Harris. You heard that correctly. It's star-studded. Um, also, fuck Terrence Howard. Uh, a heist movie <laughs> set in Lower Ninth Ward in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina. Man, yeah, this... I, oh, shit. I didn't really get the Hurricane Katrina reference. Yeah. Maybe I missed it. I'm sorry. I, so we, it's all post-Katrina, but like... Okay. I mean... Uh, but it's like sorry, right... But it, sorry, it, no, no. It's like was, right after Katrina, so I... It's I in the I, aftermath. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, that definitely raises the stakes even higher. <laughs> um, I love Shamik Moore. He's so way. good. He's a fantastic actor, and I'm glad to see him headlining a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a live got, action movie. A live action movie, yes. He because he slayed in the best Spider-Man movie that ever just did about exist. to say that in case you guys didn't know he was the voice of miles morales um he's been in a few other things too dope which is a great movie um and he was also in the get down uh the television series on netflix which that's is right pretty solid as well uh, um shamik moore is just really good I, I can definitely see big things maybe even nominations sometime down the line um yeah i think this movie looks great it's star-studded i kind of hope it can just like have a decent singular focus though i feel like with so many stars that 
that some people might want to be jockeying for time. And mm, sure. sometimes you could get a little bit off the rails. But from what I can tell, the trailer looked really compelling. The trailer looked pretty damn solid. Right. Uh, Shamik is trying to support for his family. And he receives an opportunity for, from his cousin, who is like a big time gangster in the Ninth Ward. And Shamik is more of a family man. And he and his friends are like, shit, right. we're scrapping out here. Katrina has devastated us and we're not receiving the help we need. Right. We got to pull off this casino heist for him. Ethan Hawke plays the casino owner, which I think is going to be great. I think he's going to be yeah. an awesome antagonist. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah, it, this looks stellar. And one of so I was really excited to color, co- cover this trailer when I saw Shamik Moore. One of the lines that just like hit me every so often, a trailer will come out where it'll just get me a little bit teary eyed. It'll get me a little bit in my feels or whatever. Shamik Moore has a line towards the end. Uh, we see like a line of easily like four police cruisers, eight to nine police officers all pointing their guns at these young black men and he says you know katrina was always with us it just went by another name and i was like mm. yeah. <gasps> yeah. like uh, gut that's... punch like riz is swinging for the fences on this one y'all yeah I, i'm really excited to see just like what what this shapes up into because i'm not gonna lie i was uh struggling one night just scrolling through the most god awful trailers some of which like looked promising but looked like really low budget and just weren't gonna get released and then this popped up and it looked absolutely great uh, another big focus in the trailer mm-hmm. is the writer uh paul cuchieri and i'm not super familiar with his work but they they definitely were like it's from him from this dude doesn't have a lot under his belt but it looks like maybe he's worked with rizza before and uh you know rizza directing he's always got an interesting style yeah he does he usually like directs like anime inspired things <laughs> very much so which is why yeah. i thought this was an interesting departure for yeah. him but i was about it i was excited to see like i'm, I'm excited to see what this does for us yeah i mean he had a dream and he dared to do that so <laughs> he he did you know and right. he might have a secret right, to his might. method he i'm might. not sure uh, right. <laughs> and friends that's going to bring us to you know every single show is about peaks and valleys yeah sometimes you need a little bit of a valley yes a little bit of a cool down point oh, and God. that my friends is what brings us to the secret dare to dream oh two movies about katrina back to back but yeah. one i'd say arguably much more compelling than right. the other 100%. the secret dare to dream is directed by andy tennant and it's starring katie holmes mm. josh lucas jerry o'connell and celia weston just to name a few not that there are many in this but that's a few that's a few the premise a feature film adaptation of the self-help book the secret which focuses on the power of positive thinking oh my god this is bullshit some of you might recognize the title some of you might not the secret came out in the early ish 2000s oprah championed it put it on her like oprah's book club and it soared to popularity and there was already some sort of like mini documentary made that was essentially like do you know what abraham lincoln and oprah winfrey and like lists off a bunch of other celebrities and famous historical figures like do you know what they all had in common they all knew a secret it's so cringe it's extremely cringe but the premise is essentially of this self-help book if you just believe hard enough and you just tell yourself that like you deserve a million dollars you're gonna get a million dollars the universe will totally give you a million million dollars dollars. it's essentially blaming like poor and disenfranchised people for the situation that they're in it's like well you just didn't dream board enough to get like you know your rights like what jesus um the secret dare to dream is a dramatization of the whole ideology behind this stupid fucking book. Um, <laughs> oh my yeah. God, it's so it's bad. Katie so Holmes bad. is going to marry a guy that's like all about it, even though she's got, and I think it's like her mother or her friend that's like, you're just lucky a man's willing to marry you with all that baggage Jeez. in reference to her I kids. Know. I know. And I guess she has debt, but like, Jesus woman, come on. That's fucked up. Man. It's fucked up. Uh, yeah, there's also a moment where the kid was, the thing that the the stranger was like yes you just got to be positive and like blah 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 and like the little boy was like oh so like thinking if i want pizza say i want pizza and the pizza man shows up at the door and i'm like in the middle of a hurricane and i'm like shoot me because <laughs> because spoiler right. alert friends this movie is about hurricane katrina too uh, like they're i'm pretty sure if i recall correctly they get trapped in nolan's during Hurricane Katrina, and that's why the stranger, whose name is Tucker, right. by the way, Tucker, played by Jerry O'Connell, is staying with them. He's got an envelope with the secret, like, uh, uh, wax stamp 
on it and he's looking for Katie Holmes's character Miranda and like he even like comes to her house and he's like is this where Miranda lives and the son is like she ain't home but you can leave that whatever that is with me he's like I'm afraid this needs a little bit of a explanation oh my god I'm glad and then she runs into him with his car he agrees to fix her bumper and the only person who says anything logical this whole trailer is the daughter who like (laughs) she sees this stranger taking their bumper that fell off their car putting it into the back of his flatbed and she's like what's going on and katie holmes's miranda's like oh he's gonna help us reattach the bumper at home and the daughter's like you're letting a stranger follow us home right yeah i was like yes you young woman yes so i when she because i didn't get that this was based off the book and i'm sure that the trailer they were like this is off the book the best selling you know whatever it was kind of already like blah about this whole trailer uh so uh for a second i was like is this gonna turn into a thriller when she said that i was like is this guy gonna kill them all nope nope it's not it's a love story and and she's already isn't she married or getting married she is getting married and like this dude just swoops in and is like yo but like i got that pipe though right (laughs) and it's lightly implied that he is like the ghost of their father or something Uh, but he's not a ghost because everybody sees him i don't fucking know this dude this dude has the secret and he's here to teach you about the secret and miranda played by katie holmes is just so negative she's like you always have to prepare for the worst you know prepare for the worst you dumb bitch (laughs) and he's like he's like well i I personally like to prepare for the best you know oh my god it is she's being totally logical and reasonable you do have to prepare for the worst you are about to be hit by a category five hurricane Good feelings ain't gonna feed you when you can't no, get to the store. Not at all. Good feelings ain't gonna let right. you bathe no. when the water's shut off for weeks. Being pragmatic and and, and, and re- real is not uh, a weakness. Uh, and just kind of sexist too. Just a lot of like. Dude, more, just yes. a tad problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're too serious. You're a woman. Just be carefree, like me. <laughs> like, I'm just a well right. dressed, like uh, you're rugged white dude. You're right? Yeah. Listen to me. Jesus fucking Christ, this movie's trash. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's safe to call it now. Like, yeah. sometimes we try not to be harsh on art. Um, I'm going to say that we're not this, because yeah. this is an art. Right, this is, yeah. Uh, Katie Holmes, yeah, what's is... going on? Like, blink twice if you need help. This is an audio Seriously, medium. It's please. not going to work great for us to know. Please blink twice. I know I know. Uh, Tom Cruise probably has blacklisted you, though, because he's a Scientologist and fucking batshit crazy. That's true. Like, right. Maybe this was the only job she could get him which case katie holmes i'm sorry you do deserve better right yeah jeez okay uh uh, this is this this is making my ass itch so um let's move on to the next one let's go babe uh yeah one could say that that was foul just the whole trailer there we go there's the transition there's the transition and we're talking about artemis foul um and it comes out may the 29th directed by kenneth branagh starring josh gad dame judy dench miranda raison nonso anosi and hong chow artemis foul the second a young irish criminal mastermind kidnaps the fairy leprechaun <laughs> officer captain holly short for a ransom to fund the search for his missing father in order to restore the family fortune um and uh, i believe that's ferdia shaw who is playing artemis fowl and uh laura mcdonald who is playing captain holly short um you know as a kid i <laughs> i think if i saw this i would have shit myself because it looks really fun it and looks very good the, like, uh, visually yeah. it's, it's very intriguing yeah I, I would just be like oh man i need to see this i'd be bucking my parents like okay ben shut the fuck up we'll, we'll take you like oh artemis fowl i was just talking about it probably prompt me to read the books uh right uh yeah it looked really clean i mean it's disney so i mean you can't expect anything less it's gonna look good it's disney which is why i was surprised to hear i'm i'm almost positive that it's tom york who's doing whatever yeah, the no. music for the uh trailer is like i was like oh okay know. yeah yeah, it's like a little bit of edge, a little bit of like darkness. It's definitely darkness to this, and it's 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 great, honestly, quite frankly. We don't get a lot in terms of story. Like everything you just read is nowhere is nowhere in that. Not trailer. at all. Not at all. It's just very visually. They're just like, look, we're nailing the fucking visuals, the aesthetic. It it, it looks like absolutely gorgeous. It's I, I, you know, and there promises to be a bunch of action with like one dude who I presume is Artemis's bodyguard. I don't know the character names aside from Artemis Fowl, right. really. Um, but he straight up pulls like a silver 
like thought bow out of nowhere. Yeah. Like I don't know what to call it. Like he just sort of manifests a bow and arrow in his hands yeah. and fucking shoots it, and it looks stellar. Um, there is some you know yeah. themes being introduced about the greed of man and how it drove this whole wondrous society underground and into hiding, mm-hmm. which is cool. It, this I gotta say, I'm really hoping that the story can match up to these visuals because the visuals just it I know, looks right. it looks really thoughtfully done. Yeah, it, it's definitely this teaser is meant to like look at this. Oh, 100%. Behold. But we're not going to tell you nothing. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You better, you better stop. <laughs> I'm going to say this. Right. I hope that this does really well and then we get a few other of these stories yeah, made and filmed because even if I have to be the one to fucking do it, I am really, really excited uh, that the author of this, I think his name's Ian Colfer, he did one of my favorite young adult stories that I was telling you about, a young adult novel called The Supernaturalist that I think would be perfect for a movie adaptation. It's fucking cyberpunk and it's like critical of mega corporations and police states mm. and it's all about o- orphans and like how like he, you know the right. being a ward of the state can be dangerous it's really dark and it's really gritty too and so i'm just i'm just hoping that maybe someday someone picks that story up i don't know or maybe if someone who's read it wants to like chat with me on how it'd be good right. to adapt it i that, don't know that'd be great i would love to see it yeah, yeah. It, this either way they've definitely nailed their aesthetic for artemis fowl damn it, sure did it's gonna be fantasy and dark yeah. and a little bit edgy and action packed and fuck it i'm here for it i'm here for it i just hope it's not boring i feel like it could possibly go into that territory we haven't seen enough but you know sometimes those Mm. movies where they since harry potter was so big and so successful they kept trying to make the next one and then like a lot of those movies like bridge to terabithia and like Mm. all these other Mm -hmm. movies are just kind of like oh man i see what you're doing i can see right through it and it's kind of (laughs) boring like my favorite story about the bridge to terabithia never seen it but in high school we actually had i don't know if you remember her telling this story but she told me uh we had a mutual friend named kim that went to go see pan's labyrinth oh, thinking man. that it was bridge to terabithia oh no <laughs> and she she was like i wonder when they're gonna do like the whole bridge thing right. oh. and this like this just very I- i'd say that she was a pretty pure person when oh, she yeah, like yeah, yeah. like not naive but oh, relatively yeah. innocent mistake yeah it happens she straight up like got all the way to the rabbit scene right where the the uh, El Capitan like is brought like two people that were found quote unquote hunting rabbits and he yeah. beats their faces in with a bottle. Yeah. She oh got God. all the way up to that scene before she realized she wasn't this in Bridge to Terabithia. Like, oh my God. No. And that's pretty much all I know about Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah, so that just go. speaks to your thing right. that it was probably not very good or interesting. No. And we're going to get some Bridge to Terabithia stands that are going to tear us up. And you know what? I accept it. Maybe it's okay. I need to... Whatever. It was fine. The bri- no, Bridge to Terabithia wasn't that good. This is very stale like a lot of those movies at the time it's not their fault they were just capitalizing on a book you know what i mean they're sure. like well kids like this too right and they have several book series we can make money and make it a franchise and right. like, no, no you can't sorry it doesn't work that way and hopefully time has passed since then so i would like to think that this can be pretty good as well so uh with that being said unless any other trailers pop up during this podcast we're gonna move on <laughs> to our next segment how's that sound you? let's do it this just in. Extra, extra, read all about it. Flix news. All right, fam. First up in Flix news, we had an exciting little movie announcement hit the billboards this week. We are getting a movie called Money Plane, and it is starring Kelsey Grammer and WWE's The Edge. Just Edge. Just Edge. Yeah. Jesus Christ. The Edge. Okay. I mean, like, is that any better? Like, not really. No. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know enough about the wrestling world, but fam, we had to talk about this uh, because for a few reasons. First, I just want to read you, there is no trailer yet, but I do want to read you the premise of this little here ditty, wherein a professional thief with $40 million in debt and his family's life on the line must commit one final heist, rob a futuristic airborne casino filled with the world's most dangerous criminals. Oh boy, Edge is back. He's actually back in the wrestling room after they told him that he would not be able to wrestle again because of a back injury several back injuries so Jesus. they were able to somehow 
the doctors came through, were able to like fuse his back back in place with um, some um, new technology, some um, experimental stuff, and he's back and he's back in the WWE wrestling a few events here and there, but also very part time because they don't want him to die. Yeah, that back. makes sense. But uh, yeah, so he's back there now, and now he's starring in a movie, which makes sense as to why he's not on TV right now as well, is to preserve his back. He's well, and I feel yeah, like that's yeah. what I like was yeah. newsworthy about this was that right, it's yeah. it doesn't highlight the trend, but I think it rather solidifies uh, yeah. a trend that I think is just gonna keep continuing. Right, wherein we're gonna see a massive amount of crossover right between wrestlers and at least action films. Right, because there is okay, so they're not necessarily great acting or good acting going on in the WWE, but there is some. It you requires to, a level of character. You work. have to bring character work there to the table, and you already have you know stunts pretty much covered because you're pretty much a stuntman in the ring. You're doing spots. You're working. You know, you're 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 doing fight choreo. Absolutely. Um, in very intense, hard hitting fight choreo. Uh, need I mind you? Which I think yeah. would make any Hollywood film responsible Hollywood film right. sets fight choreo seem pretty tame by comparison. Right. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I mean, this makes sense. Um. I, we're watching before we uh aired. We were at least I was watching a few clips of uh, Adam Copeland. Is his full name Adam Edge Copeland? Um. Is his full name and he actually is not terrible. He he's very much has a cadence of a of a serialized drama, maybe not even a serial, maybe an episodic drama like um, Chicago Fire or any of those dramas where you know you you're there to serve a purpose, you're there to get out exposition, um, but you need to do it somewhat convincingly. He was not good, not bad. Sorry, <laughs> that, that's his He was not bad. He was actually pretty good. He's very convincing. Um, he's also on the show The Vikings. So um, sure, maybe some of you know him. I don't know his character, nor am I going to look it up because I'm way beyond the pale of giving a shit about Vikings right now. Uh, <laughs> but um, that being said, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. This trend makes sense. Um, you got Batista, you got John Cena. The Rock kind of kicked it off. Certainly. Um, honestly, if you're going to be real, I mean, really, the motherfuckers have kicked it off. I mean, Andre the Giant, he was in Princess Bride. Oh, you're absolutely and right. And Hulk Hogan has done a few movies, but he's a racist piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, no one gives a shit about that, dude. Uh, but, oh, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper was actually in... Um, you just said a bunch of words. Roddy Roddy Piper, he was the crazy fucking Scottish dude. I think his name was... He had been, no, he had a different... He had a character pseudonym. Um, in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's the wrestler. Remember when they try to get uh, him oh, to wrestle? Oh, is he the crazy, yes. the crazy old, old dude? Yes, that's Roddy Piper. Oh, he's actually really good in right? that. Yeah, he's <laughs> he been in a really few good. movies that's as funny. well. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's precedence for this. I think they're starting to become morphed into even bigger stars now. I don't oh, know. absolutely. Yeah. And here's... I So I, th- I think that it's... It's smart aside from the obvious reason of like, oh, you want them to be in an action movie. They are already trained in action choreography. I think it's also smart, even if I may not have a taste for this trend personally, I think it's smart because uh, studios are going to know that they already have a built-in brand, like a built-in following. You tell people that Edge is going to be in a movie, like, and you broadcast that to the WWE sphere, they're like, oh, sick, yeah, Yeah, like, I'll I'll follow Edge to the end of the earth right. um because they might be british i don't know how it's big like, it's it is a, it's over a there. large british wrestling population of, it's there like we huge. go huge i'm go- i'm you know i don't know why the wrestler fan is is british but he could be yeah it's actually a huge population over there and i'm sti- yep. i'm gonna stick to the story yeah. that i knew that i yep. planned that go. he did yep absolutely uh yeah uh we'll just have to see down the line uh down the decades i'm sure there'll be plenty more um superstars coming out of that it, and this is actually yep. the last part that i wanted to ask you then go ahead Go ahead, go ahead. Who do you think will make the next the tr- the leap oh, the transition? Know. Roman Reigns. Re- oh, that was fast. Yeah, he, I don't know who that is. He he is the Rock's cousin, I believe. Um, oh. He also was in Hobbs and Shaw for a brief period of time. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like in the, when they went to um, Samoa. He was like one of his his family members. Yeah, I don't think he had too many lines, but I can see that happening. Um. Oh yeah, this is a that's a big tall man. Yeah, he kind of looks like Jason Momoa. A little bit. He's got like this slick bit. back hair yeah, this, yeah. in this particular headshot especially yeah. yeah you can see it they could be brothers or something um i think there's probably a couple of more but i can't put my finger on it right now um but yeah those are the those are the that's that's the one guy i can see going over and doing that for a living there you go fam yeah, keep an eye out for roman you heard it here first here first at too many flick all right let's go on to our next topic here um the design for the batman's titular character revealed in a short screen test with a red filter on it very red <laughs> filter yeah um and music from michael giacchino that honestly really just sounded like a rehash 
of the Emperor's March from Star Wars. Oh man, I, yeah, kinda. We you know. Well. Bum 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 bum. Oh shit, bum, yeah. Bum. Oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, you're just missing the bum 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 <laughs> bum bum. Oh no, is he gonna get sued? It's gonna be like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people also said it reminded them of Daredevil. Uh, sure. Yeah. 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 Even the the cow kind of like is closer to his face is shaped of his head mostly yes as opposed to just a mass is like shaped to be on his face yes it looks cool to me i you know i don't really have any much too many thoughts about it a lot of people have been drawing game parallels to the video game saying it kind of looks reminiscent of the arkham city uh series uh bat suit um so i'm like yeah i dig it i just need to see it i mean honestly that's I think, the thing the yeah. suit reveal is a very small part right yeah, yeah. Of this. i think what this design is gonna do best for us is give us a little indication as to the vibe that yeah. we can expect from the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like his suit, I kind of want to say like minimalist, but it's not because the yeah. bat symbol in particular is much different from any of the other Batman iterations I've seen. Yeah. And I actually heard one person speculate that it looks almost like pieces of a gun or something. That and like it, maybe it he found his... the weapon that killed his parents and That's like melted it down into a bat, bat symbol or something. Wouldn't that be fucking sick? That'd be sick as fuck. You know, we've heard reports that this is going to be unsanitized Batman, quote unquote. Right. I forget who said that, but like it's going to be unsanitized and gritty. And what more gritty way than like this was the weapon that incited my right. vigilantism, you know? But wasn't I, the the Bale and Nolan movies pretty gritty? I guess that, was, that was pretty gritty, yeah. Yeah, but they were, I guess they were, still had a big budget feel. I guess he's more going towards a smaller, more contained. Sure. And gritty, tight shot, gritty Batman. As gritty as you could argue, I think the story of the yeah. Nolan Batmans were yeah. the look was a little more polished yeah very much big budget like and also a lot of wide shots a lot of yeah a lot yeah. of grand scope to everything yeah. when you tighten works. things up for Batman it's if you make it claustrophobic and just like sure <sighs> like and very, you really tap yeah. into the horror that he's, is he's like, terrifying yeah like this dude is yeah. a ninja right that is like and he's unhinged his he has mental issues like this yes he's absolutely unhinged if you tap into that but also making him likable because you have to <laughs> but uh, like, well yeah you need a yeah. you need a relatable protagonist or maybe right. you have a protagonist that sits in a moral gray area that is frustrating Ooh, for the yeah. audience but when you surround him with so many deplorable people it's yeah. like jesus like kind of like v for vendetta yeah. where v is not a good dude no no no, no. but he is fighting for a good, good cause, cause yeah. amidst a, a horde of arguably much more detestable individuals right, yeah and so if you give us like that sort of complicatedness right. yeah. with a Batman, that's that's kind of exciting. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. One hundred percent. And I love Matt Reeves. I think he's he's one of my favorite directors right now, purely because of the, the Apes franchise. <laughs> like I did not think I would like any ape movie. I just don't like Planet of the Apes. And then I saw his movie, and I was like, God damn, I like this franchise. <laughs> I like saying a lot. It's a lot because I'm a pretty stubborn moviegoer. I'm saying a lot. Sure. Like, um, but I can't wait. And that's all we can do is speculate. I can't wait to see it in action i think that's the best how logical and practical can it be when it moves on screen mm -hmm. that's yeah. what we're all waiting for all right let's uh i think that might be it let's get into our new segment how does that sound let's do it god damn that's hot as hell all right, y'all, time for our new segment, Hot Takes, where we give some outlandish or perhaps realistic takes. And you know what? Try to predict the future of those takes or, you know, just ruffle your feathers. Or maybe you'll agree. We don't know. This is the point of oh. Hot Takes. All right. So today's hot take is we believe, I believe, not we. I don't want to get, get This is your hot take. This is my hot take. That the actor, John William Farrell. Yes, his first name is John. His middle name is actually William. So Will Farrell will win. Not win. He will be nominated. Win is a strong. That's Ben. A, this that's, is a hot that's take. A, that's if you're a gonna, sizzle if you're take. Gonna, you can't. That's beyond hot take. Don't soft. Tell him the take first. That, okay. I think Will Ferrell will be nominated for an Oscar in the next decade. So why don't why don't you go with win if you're going for a hot? Take. Because that's that's not gonna happen. <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> well, okay. that's that's an impossible take. Let's talk about possible takes. I'll give him a nomination. That's still a very hot take. I think um, because he just came off the. Um, atrocious Sherlock and Holmes. 
uh, movie yeah. with John C. Riley. Yeah, it's not a it's not a good stepping stone, mind you. That was last decade. Right, that was last decade. Uh, so I just feel I feel it in my bones, and a lot of these actors, especially the comedians who've been around for a, a long time, eventually settle down into something that is grounded. And I make I feel like a lot of these movies are him and his buddies. He's, he's pretty much the Adam Sandler effect. Him and his buddies just making movies to make money by not having the biggest budget. So really, they're even if no one sees it, they still make something or at least break even. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, and he has the acting chops. We know this. Um, he's great. I mean, he can be really good. Stranger Than Stranger Fiction, Fiction is a stellar film. Everything Must Go is an okay film, but he's pretty good I enjoyed Everything in that. Must yeah. Go. I remember that movie. Yeah. He's pretty good in that. Um, and then he has a lot of misses, but he's also really good in the Lego movie. The brief period that he's in he as the father. Uh, he's in the whole Lego movie, if you recall. With the live action part of the <laughs> Yes, he is. He is definitely, what is it, president? What is it, president business? It's, I think it's Lord business. Pre- it's Lord business or president, president business? It's both. Lord oh. business and president business. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So he's really good. He has the chops. He was also in The Spoils of Babylon, the TV series. But that is actually kind of good. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, he That's not can a go. serious one, though. No, he can, he can go. I mean, like. All right, so what is, okay, so yeah, ahead, I need ahead. you, I need you to paint me the picture of this film that garners Will Ferrell an Oscar nom, so, if not a win. I need to know what this film is. That's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, it obviously is going to be a drama. It might even be a biopic. Um, I don't know who he could play, but um, I see that in his future. A lot of comedians can transform into people pretty well when it become, comes to like portraying a, a, a real life individual. Um, okay. If you don't, if you didn't know before, Jamie Foxx being an accomplished musician and um, uh, you know a singer and everything like that, I believe he went to Juilliard, if I'm not mistaken, or, or one of the big schools for music, maybe Carnegie or along those lines. Let's look that up. Let's fact check that. Ian, you got the facts up there. What, where did he go to school? He it says here, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, Jamie Foxx studied classical piano at Juilliard. Okay, there you go. Um, but he transitioned that into being a comedian. So he was a comedian for a hot minute in the 90s he even had his own tv show um and he won an oscar with ray i mean and a lot of people could say that the movies he did prior to ray besides ali were kind of just like okay comedies you know romantic comedies you know he did like um god let me look up now now we have to look up jamie foxes <laughs> oh yeah he did movies such as booty call um <laughs> Uh, he also did, um, let's see, Held Up, um, 1999, uh, Toys with Robin Williams. That movie is an anomaly. The Players Club. These are all like black cult classics, don't get me wrong. However, being that being said, you know, they were kind of misses um, on a bigger scale. And then he finds Ali, which he's phenomenal in. Honestly, he should have been, I don't, I think he was nominated. If not, he should have won. I thought he was fantastic in that movie. Um, and then you see him in Ray, where he just is Ray Charles. Um, there's presidents for it it happens we can also look to robin williams although robin williams was the on more of a successful track robin williams's oscar not an eventual win kind of was building it was a steamroll until finally he got that part in um goodwill hunting where they was like dude we can't overlook you anymore um will ferrell right now is in an interesting spot in his um spot in his career right now the reason why this is a hot take again i have to reiterate this is because he just came off one of the worst movies of the decade <laughs> <laughs> is it Sherlock and Holmes, or is it Holmes and Sherlock? I'm pretty sure it's Sherlock and Holmes, but yeah. I'll, I'll double check. Neither of us were right. It's Holmes and Watson. Uh, there you but, go. But, you know, it's got 11% on right. Rotten Tomatoes, so yeah, I don't feel bad about not remembering the name of it. It's pretty bad, and, I, you know, I, I don't know if he'll win it in the next five years, but maybe after that, <laughs> the latter half of the decade because he's got downhill um which looks interesting um okay so i i I take i have mixed feelings about downhill specifically because it is a remake of if i'm not mistaken a french film Uh uh-oh and so i i i I think that they cast two really great people as the leading roles will ferrell and julia louis dreyfus i'm really glad to see them doing stuff together they are both incredibly accomplished comedians who are powerhouses in their particular industry that being said i took a little bit of umbrage 
but this whole American idea that if we take another country's story and just slap English on it, that it's going to be just as good or more accessible. Like, just got to get away from that. We got to stop being so American centric. That's how we have all this ignorance that has led to the current like political schism we have going on in our country. Is that so many people are like, I only need to care about America because America's the greatest country in the world, and we know now that that's not true. Fucking stupid. I will say this. I I I, I'm a hundred percent behind you on that point. I think it's. I mean, people just should watch the original. Um, However, I will say that this cast is phenomenal. The Um, the cast is phenomenal. And I was. Have you seen the movie, Ian? So I haven't, but I've seen the scene in particular that is the inciting incident in the French movie. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this, the story is essentially a family at a ski resort is having. This is the inciting incident. This isn't a huge spoiler. It's literally what sets the story in motion. A family is having like breakfast or lunch at a ski resort and they're on the balcony of this resort and as they're sitting there they're eating and the like snow at the top of the mountain starts like a mini avalanche and the mother is like hey should we be concerned about that as it's slowly like roaring towards them and in the father's defense he brings a very logical statement to the table that is like oh no that's just a controlled demolition they do this all the time to make sure that there are no actual dangerous avalanches within the next 30 seconds it becomes very clear that it is not a controlled demolition and it is in fact a dangerous random avalanche and as the snow comes barreling for the balcony the father chooses to completely abandon his family and (laughs) bolt and save himself it is darkly comic and the entire family survives but they now are surviving with the knowledge and the tension that the father pretty much I think in the movie he actually even throws one of the kids out of the (laughs) way to run so the family is now living with the knowledge that their father is a complete coward who would in an actual dangerous situation sacrifice all of them to save himself and the movie is entirely set in the falling action from that incident which actually leads to like the rising action and the building of the tension between the spouses and the children and the father so there are so yes there are funny moments but it can it is it that balance between drama and comedy from what i understand it is a very dark comedy okay so like there's probably like undoubtedly any sort of family centric movie is going to have some drama in it right because if you're telling a good story there's a moral somewhere in there right that being said I, i'm pretty sure it is just like a very big satirical dark comedy okay so um there you go uh so this is interesting this is kind of i think so you got julia drive uh louise dreyfus in this as well i mean she's on fire right now i don't think she would take shit i just don't i just don't think she would just look at this and be like oh this is crap i'm not doing this because she's on a fucking roll and you know a part is a part is a part is a part you make money you're an actor you're a working actor i get it but i think she's in, in a part of her life now that she's like i want to do something with some subs you know some substance um so she's got will ferrell here with her um it, it just this is a way i think this will definitely tell us if he is for sure starting to make that slight adjustment in his career um i the adam sandler thing even though he was snubbed i do, i do think he was snubbed um kind of has you thinking you know what i mean like okay he kind of is in the same element of his career as Will Ferrell is. Ferrell is why would Will Ferrell perhaps at least be in conversation? I think he will have a nomination. Okay, I'm gonna gonna roll with you here because I like this hot take. I think he'll get a nomination. I don't think it'll be for performance. Oh, okay. If you look at his behind-the-scenes work, he is a massive producer. He was Mm -hmm. an exec producer on Booksmart, one of my favorite movies last year. Um, He's just got an immense, like, producing profile on IMDb. Like, it's massive. He's producing television shows. He's producing... He's an EP on Succession, the hit HBO series Mm. that is fucking killer. He's an EP on Drunk History. He was a producer on Hustlers. Mm. Like, this dude... This dude is crushed it behind the scenes because he knows good shit when it comes across his desk Mm. so i think he could get a nomination i'm willing to bet it might be for something like direction or best original screenplay okay because if anything the sandler snub showed us that the academy is so wrapped up in their image that they said we won't even consider him for a perform for a performance oscar because it doesn't fit our brand which like you know fuck you but like that's not that's not going to change just for will you know I think he's going to get a performance. And okay. I think it's not going to be lead. I think it's going to be best supporting. There you go, fam. That's yeah. the spicy hot the take. Will Ferrell right. in the next couple of years will be nominated right. for an 
Oscar, if not win it, if we're really going for like scalding take. Man, that's a that's a that's a sizzle. I'm just piggybacking off of your off of your heat sizzle. that you're bringing. I, that was my initial take, but I was like, God damn, that's that's just a lot. I think a nomination just based off of his shitty. Uh, <laughs> Um, in recent filmography, uh, nomination is a tough, a tough one to swallow. Period. Um, I think it can happen. I think more likely it will happen. To what you said, maybe direction or behind the scenes. But I think the hot take is that he will be nominated, or or mm-hmm. win the fucking thing, or win the fucking thing. I don't know. I mean, here you go. We're gonna have to see. We That's just have the... to be around for the next decade. Yeah, Netflix has to be around. <laughs> don't go anywhere, folks. Right, yeah. Stay tuned for ten more years, right. and we'll tell you whether or not we were right or wrong. And who knows what downhill will do? When when is it? When is it? releasing first of all they'll tell us if, if they'll even don't think there's a state there is no there is it, it is. released on uh it released on valentine's day oh so it already has released boy never mind <laughs> Let, let's see what the what did the uh oh, not great 40 percent. okay well about. never mind everything i said nix it so let's go to his next project untitled esports project probably not the prince of fashion i'm gonna put all my my money <laughs> in this movie called the prince of fashion that's on his imdb list oh ben, it has no think one attached about to that it for a minute right, <laughs> just of it alone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or the 100-year-old man who climbed out of the window and disappeared. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Uh, certainly. Well, how, how does this sound? If you well, if you're intrigued about that, what about a Christmas Carol? There could be something there. Is he gonna be? He's gonna be screwed. He's gotta be he? Scrooge. Yeah. There's no other way. Then didn't he, Jim Carrey already do? He did. He did a animated. It was like version. the animated one, but yeah. it was supposed to be gorgeous. Yeah. And see, this this is my point. Force majeure. The the and I'm butchering that pronunciation. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, friends. Um. The original 2014 movie, like, they didn't even wait, like, a lot of years to remake this. The original 2014 movie that Downhill is based off of sits at 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Like, wow. Well, you know what? That's the bullshit we were talking about. Yeah. And for his last, <laughs> his la- uh, for his last one that's marked uh, on um, IMDb is Eurovision, where he plays Lars Eckersong. So that's also one that we should look out for. And I don't think there's any attachments really right now to that, because that's so far in the future, but... I cannot wait for us to get the these trailers right and then we're gonna break them down yeah and i will ask you uh-huh. ben is this the one is uh, this yeah. the one that'll get will, well <laughs> will that's Farrell a, that oscar well that's the joy of this segment hot takes yep and next week ian's gonna be giving us a hot take as well and we're gonna keep bouncing them back and forth guys tell us if you like them please comment on uh any of the social media platforms and our you know where you hear this podcast any of the major podcasting places like itunes or spotify or you know anything like that our anchor let us know if you like this or not because guess what we're gonna keep coming with these fucking hot sizzle ass takes bring them and now for another installment of stream theater Hello again, and welcome to Stream Theory. Sit down by the fireside with me. Maybe have a little bit of Dungeness crab. Some sand dabs, perhaps. Maybe you're in the mood for abalone. I did bring some of Joe's special. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, that's okay. It's all food that San Francisco is famous for, because today, my friends, we are talking about the last black man in San Francisco. This uh, this was a movie that we actually covered in Tasty Trailers way back in 2019. It hit the theaters June 7th and it was met with some wild acclaim but it did not necessarily make a bunch of money however now you can catch it on Amazon Prime and I got I got to tell you the last few stream theories thank you for being patient I have brought you a lot of crap I thought I thought it'd be nice to bring something palatable to the table you listener to feast upon this film is stellar not only in its construction or also for its its timeliness its topicalness, uh, its social importance. It's just an incredible piece of work. Before we get too much into it, I want to tell you uh, it's directed by Joe Talbot. It's starring Jimmy Fails, Jonathan Major, Rob Morgan, who you might know from a few of his Netflix appearances, uh, among other movies, Tashina Arnold from Everybody Hates Chris. She played the mom, if you're not familiar, or if you are familiar, she was also on Martin. Then also Danny Glover is a supporting character in this, or a supporting actor. He plays a supporting character great you have jamal true love plays kofi who is i'm not even i can't even get into characters yet mike epps and just so many more there's so many people in this god dang movie a little bit of background on it it was written by director joe talbot and uh co-written by jimmy fail 
Charles, they, they were two childhood friends that grew up in San Francisco, and they incubated this story over a number of years in response to the gentrification of San Francisco, what they felt was the, the reduction in community. They talk about in some of the interviews how they felt it was, used to be such a communal city, and it slowly mm. became more and more impersonal as outsiders moved in, quote unquote. And the premise is that it's, it's essentially, it follows uh, two young black men, uh, Jimmy Fails and Monty, as they live in San Francisco and they struggle with their complicated relationship to the ever-changing and gentrifying city as told through Jimmy's relationship to his old family home that has new tenants. This, okay, right out the gate, I gotta say, the very first thing that I noticed was that it felt operatic in a way. The way that the film is shot, the way that the film looks, the way that music plays such a, a part in it, the way that they make every single frame feels so alive. Mm. Uh, it, it starts with a, a a few minutes of like voiceover as they as we sort of get introduced to the setting of this story, and it really it gives you a taste for the San Francisco that maybe once was the San Francisco mm. that you know used to belong to people of color before they started getting pushed out. Um, and it, it feels I, I put on my notes that it feels very operatic and at the same time intensely personal, which is uh, like an incredible dichotomy to, to bring to any piece, you know? Um, the the next thing I, I gotta talk about this, Jonathan Majors, the actor who played Monty, I can't believe this dude didn't get more awards recognition. He is the most fascinating actor to watch. He he brings to Monty who is, he is a writer, poet, actor, and he is one of the two leading young men. And he brings to Monty this, it's almost stoicism, but it is, it is so alive and vulnerable. It's like if someone who cared about and felt and loved so deeply could be stoic. He, he is very minimalist in his performance, but in that minimalism, there are volumes. It is, it is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Hmm? Is that ridiculous? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, it might, I would argue that he almost is the, uh, the emotional core through which mm-hmm. the audience sort of empathizes with everything. Not to say that Jimmy, because the actor's name is Jimmy Fails and the lead character's name is Jimmy Fails, he based it loosely on himself. That's not to say that he doesn't bring the heat to the to the show, because he does. You better believe both of these young actors are doing incredible jobs. It's just that, and I think anyone who watches this will understand, whenever Jonathan Majors is on screen, he is just captivating. And there's one particular scene that I'm not going to get too much into that I, I think very much like through this minimalism illuminates sort of Monty as a character uh, and his philosophy on people and life where he was just berated and he, he sketches a lot in this movie and he's sketching the faces of his uh, verbal abusers and Jimmy says something akin to like why the fuck are you drawing them and he says just because they hurt me doesn't mean I can't love them like it was it just mm. an incredible young performer this this I cannot wait to see more of Jonathan Major's work he broke my heart in this and absolutely incredible. Uh, the film is just a very nuanced, powerful look at, uh, a, like, there, there's so many facets to this film and the story it's trying to tell, but I think a large part of it, that it makes it so topical and emotional and powerful, is it, it, it looks and at and explores the identity and roles that young folks of color might feel uh, coerced into or, or feel trapped by. There's a whole monologue and sequence that is specifically about this, and that is one of the underlying themes throughout the whole thing. And while there is no, it's hard to both spoil and not spoil this movie because there is not an incredibly structured plot. This truly is the epitome of a character piece. Like we are meant to uh, like see and struggle with the journey that both Jimmy and Monty Mm. are going on as young men. And also some of the supporting characters and folks around them. Jimmy's family plays a very prominent role. His father, who is played by Rob Morgan, is powerful and intimidating and at the same time also very tragic it's uh, oh man what what more can i say about this film uh it doesn't look like anything else that came out that year it 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 has its own visual language and its own visual style that i think will enrapture anybody who watches it would you think would you you say that it's it was snubbed for an oscar oscars period 
I don't even know if it received any nods. It didn't receive any nods, which wow. after watching it, and you know, I feel bad that it took me until 2020 right. to see this film because it did look so good and we were so hyped for it via mm -hmm. trailers. It had such a short theatrical release window and I think that's because it didn't make enough money to justify staying in theaters. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think, I don't think that it would be a hot take to say that this film in some regard deserved some level of awards recognition, even if it wasn't from the Oscars. Any, I, I am shocked after watching it that not a single award committee or however I should address them mm -hmm. thought to like give this give this film some sort of clout, some sort of nod or recognition. Jamal Trulove, who plays Kofi, is a is a supporting character, but he also brings this beautiful duality to his character. And I can't talk too much about Kofi because he does end up being like a major player in what little plot there is. Mm. But it, everybody in this film is doing a phenomenal job. Even there, like there's like antagonists, quote mm. marks, I'm putting air quotes here, but like not really antagonists. The most antagonistic character that we get is probably arrives in the form of Clayton, played by Finn Whitrock, who does a really good job at being a bad guy that is just a guy. Mm. And he's only bad because he is self-centered mm -hmm. and because he doesn't really like he is mainly bad because he is in the business of making money and making mm -hmm. money in San Francisco means pushing out people who don't have money mm. and so like it's like god you fucking suck but also like he does very human things like they're not great like it still doesn't make him a good guy mm -hmm. but he does the bad thing in the least bad way he could mm -hmm. and it's kind of just like listen man this is fucking business mm -hmm. and everyone is doing a stellar job here but I think in particular if anyone would have gotten some sort of Oscar recognition for this it should have been Jonathan Majors I, whether it's a, as lead or supporting I don't know what category he would fall into as Monty uh, I think that perhaps I think that perhaps you could argue uh, the cinematographer Adam Newbort Barra's name should have been in more people's mouths because mm. it is a gorgeous film it looks again it looks unlike anything else that's out there right now and it was just really enrapturing it's got like I almost want to say like a Terrence Malick flavor oh, okay. but with a little more life to it like right. Terrence that's not to say Terrence Malick's films aren't gorgeous and very very uh, that don't deserve the recognition they get but mm -hmm. like I feel like when I watch some of his stuff specifically Tree of Life was the last thing that I tried to watch of his and I, I did but I had to do it over sittings um, Tree of Life I guess his plot was a little more esoteric for that this is a little less esoteric but it, it, it feels Malick adjacent in the way that it looks Right. it's just a gorgeous film Y'all, I'm not going to hold your ear here for too much longer because we have been talking about a lot of stuff. This in particular, I got to say, if you are interested in watching art that explores the uh, the like nuances of family and legacy and the stories we tell ourselves to orient ourselves in a world that necessarily at times seems like it doesn't want us there. If, you, if you're interested in looking at explorations of gentrification and what it does to the culture of, a, of an area, if you're interested in the human condition, then y'all need to go check out on Amazon Prime, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. If you don't have Prime, I am positive that it is somewhere at a video rental. Perhaps Redbox has it. This this is worth however much you pay for it. I will definitely probably be adding this to my physical collection when I do come across it. And, and I would easily pay uh, $20, $25 just to own this film because it is it is a very unique piece of art. And with that, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leave leave you with that. All right, let's get into some trivia. Do you want to know something that we don't know? Sure. Here comes the trivia. Here we go. Okay. Okay. All right, y'all. We're going to do some uh, Will Ferrell movie trivia. That's yep, right. In honor of his soon-to-be Oscar, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get this fucking ball rolling. By the way, if he does get nominated for an Oscar, that would be wild. Yeah. We have to post this clip everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. 10 years ago, we called it, fam. We called it, fam. All right. So, Will yeah. Ferrell is part of blank. Okay. A group of oh, male geez. movie star comedians that the media named thus mm -hmm. because they focus on movies related to quote-unquote guy things. Uh oh. This group includes Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Steve Carell, and Jack Black, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. Are they called the Frat Pack? Are they called the Good Time Guys? Are they called the Mockery Men? Or are they called the Jocular Jocks? The Frat Pack? They're called the Frat Pack. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. I, thought I, heard that <laughs> I before, spent but... like 15 minutes trying to come up with other fucking names. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, what? Uh, There's no other name as good as Frat Pack. Uh, Fuck me. All right. 
you ready for yours? Yeah. According to Deadline, after disastrous test screening, Sony attempted to sell this film to Netflix, which declined. Which movie was it? Holmes and Watson? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have to list it. I didn't even have to list it. it no. did, and I knew no. you would know it, but I was yeah. like, it's just too good. That's yeah. hilarious. That's yep. a hilarious bit of trivia. The movie was terrible. They test screened it and still released it. Y'all, they're like, he's Netflix? Netflix is like, nah. Even <laughs> Netflix is like, nah, fam. We ain't even that desperate. Fuck. Wait, wait, wait. There's another piece of trivia on that real quick. Well, you, you give me yours and, and I'll tell you another one on uh, okay, yeah, yeah, Holmes yeah. and You yeah, find yeah. it real quick. Yep. Ben, in which film did Will Ferrell cause a series of actual car accidents due to walking around as his character in costume? Oh my God. Was it Holmes and Watson? <laughs> was it Talladega Nights? Was it Elf? Or was it Anchorman 2? Is it Elf? Is Elf. Fine. Uh, whatever. I tried to come up with other notes. Whatever. Uh, fine. I guess I yeah. know we will fire movies. Uh, okay, so this is another bit of trivia. This is not your question. Okay. But uh, during the opening days of Christmas, uh, of the of its Christmas 2018 release, exhibitors reported an astonishing number of walkouts. This is Holmes <laughs> and Watson. Uh, yeah, it just... Uh, that's an astonishing an number. An astonishing number of walkouts. People paid $15 and were like, no, I will <laughs> actually get more value for my buck by leaving now <laughs> that's incredible that's that's a testament yeah okay 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 so this film was the wait where's my yep okay yes this film was the last film from new line cinema before it was bought out by warner brothers okay semi-pro blades of glory anchorman 2 or talladega nights hmm i'm not real good on the will ferrell chronology oh fuck but um semi-pro yeah okay that's absolutely right that was the last film uh of New Line Cinema before it was bought by Warner Brothers. That's I like sad. vaguely remember, yeah, I vaguely remember a very softball publicity campaign. Yeah. And that's why I went with it because I was like, they probably didn't have the money to do a bunch of marketing if they're getting bought out. So no. I, I was no one ever stupid. talks about it. It's not a good movie, but it's, it's not, not a good movie. It's not as bad as Holmes and, uh, and Watson, though. Sure, sure. That's but a low is. bar, but yeah. sure. That's very low bar. Yeah. Isn't there a bear in Semi Pro? Am I misremembering that? Maybe. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I remember watching it because it would be on like HBO, you know, HBO would just play random ass movies sometimes. And sure. So I was like, oh, yeah, Absolutely. Cool. Okay. Anyway, go for it. Ben, the writer-director of this classic feral comedy originally wanted to make it as a drama. Is it Step Brothers? Is it Anchorman? Is it Old School? Or is it Daddy's Home? List of, what was the first one? Is it Step Brothers? Step Brothers. It is Step Brothers. Fine, fine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My questions aren't good. I get it. They're great questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I've heard I've heard that. I did. Yeah, yeah, Adam McKay, the writer director, right. apparently reportedly originally saw it as a drama and really wanted to do that, but everyone's like, no, yeah, no. This useless information of Will Ferrell canon and iconography is just ridiculous. <laughs> Why do I know this? Uh, I just have no <laughs> right. idea. I don't even like him that much. Uh, Will Ferrell did this movie out of a contractual obligation. The campaign, the other guys, semi pro, or casa de mi padre. Casa de mi padre. Uh, no, that's not my answer. I just really like saying that. It's such a fun title to say i'm gonna go with um the campaign no it's actually casa de mi padre really yeah he did that out of contractual obligation not only that but he took about a month classes to learn spanish with a dialect coach as well i do know that he, like, he learned this. spanish to do it which kudos that. you yeah. absolutely should yeah but also wow that's like one of his more interesting choices that i'm like that's kind of fun i like that yeah. you like are doing something so screwbally yeah yeah well, there you go there you go that's it that's a wrap that's uh a bit of Will Ferrell trivia, um, and uh, I hope that's very pertinent to your life, listener. Yeah, I'm now sure you know you all about it. Needed some of this information, yeah, <laughs> if not all of it. Yeah, are you wind up like me on a podcast, knowing all of his fucking shit? <laughs> like, yep. How do I know this stuff? <laughs> all right, let's close it out. All right, that was episode 51. Oh my God, we did, we learned so much this episode. Hmm. We really took in a, a whole journey, beginning, middle, and end of a podcast. It's just, a story was told today. A story was told, yeah. was it told effectively? Uh, 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 listen, we already did 50 of them. Right, yeah. You're bound to have all 50 of them be great. This yeah, is all this stellar is all, work. All, this is top-notch <laughs> shit, folks. Top-notch. Tell the people who you are, what you're doing, and um, what you're 
what's your uh, zodiac sign? My name is Ian. <laughs> my sun sign is Libra. My oh. rising is Aries. My moon sign is Pisces. Oh, it's yeah. a fucking mess. I'm technically on the cusp of Scorpio, so I have a few of those traits. I had a fortune teller once tell me that I would just be a hurricane. So there you go. There you go. Um, currently, I'm in the turmoil of being a hurricane. Yeah. Um, I'm still working... <laughs> on this goddamn video project. It's tearing me up inside. It'll never be good enough. You'll probably get the third draft once it's done, folks. I'm in the middle of the second draft. Otherwise, I'm not doing much else. Uh, I'm gearing up for a Euro trip in April. And you can find me on Twitter, SirYikesALot, at me. I'm at BabyGotNack. I'm on Facebook as Ian Mutner. I'm on Instagram as, uh, I think it's SockNinja888. Um, and that's that's all. That's all. How about you? Oh, How are you? Yeah, yeah um, the signs and stuff. Everything that Ian said, we are oh, that's right. born the yeah. same day. You uh, would not necessarily be the same rising and moon sign. Oh, because now. of the the time I was born. Yeah, because of that four hour difference. Oh, okay. I don't so know now, that stuff. Now we're gonna have to figure it out. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> Ben, the listeners yeah, okay. didn't they, they ask demand, to know. They demand blood <laughs> and rising and, and, and setting sun. Okay, here we go. So your sun is Libra. Your moon is still Pisces. Mm, hold on, hold on real quick. Okay, good. I thought it was here in, the, uh, in and outside. Oh. What planet determines your rising sign? I'm not the only one. Your rising sign is Gemini. What up? Oh, yeah. I guess that is different. It's a little bit different, fam. Four different. hours. Four hours makes all the difference of the signs. So they say, you know, what also makes difference? Science. Science too. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> there you go. Deny science, Can't deny science. Actual, also, factual science. But you know, all you know. If you say astrology, <laughs> right. it sounds pretty scientific. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Biology. Yeah. Geology. Bootyology. Bootyology. <laughs> astrology. Yeah. Put an ology at the end. It's scientific. That's science, BB. Science. Okay, so um, I am currently doing uh, Titus Andronicus at the Den Theater. You get your tickets at havenshy.com. That's haven, C-H-I.com. We run until the 14th of March, I believe. 14th or 15th of March. We might extend, so let me know if you tickets i could try to find out a discount whatnot we run from thursdays to sunday sundays being the matinee at 3 p.m um and i think we might have an industry night like the third weekend before we close um on a monday so um just reach out to me if you want more information on that i'll continue to post it on facebook and any of my other social media platforms um and yeah you can find me on uh, twitter at bt jenkins 91 you can also find me on the instagram at benvolio 91 and on facebook as Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. It's long, I know, but uh, that's who I am. You can also find Too Many Flicks on any social media platform at at Too Many Flicks. That's number two and an X at the end. You can also email us if you so choose. Uh, too Many Chicago at gmail.com. That's Too Many Flicks, the number two and an X at the end, dot Chicago at gmail.com. And also, we'll put a little link for Patreon too if you want to support us. Um, you can support us for as little as a dollar. You can, you can pledge. We'll take anything and we'll give you a little shout out over the air or we'll try to do something fun with you as well. Well, uh, other than that, that pretty much concludes our episode of 2MF this week. It's been fun. We can't wait for 52 um, and new things will keep going on the horizon and oh, I think we might have an interview coming up at some point. We still need to work out the details for that. Um, Dave Johnson, a good friend of mine and uh, a really, really, really good filmmaker um, doing his own things. I believe he's produced um doing his own thing a this this movie called spokes um it's really good it's really poignant and topical and we would love to learn more about that and get it out to you as soon as we can uh but again thank you guys you know what it's crazy out there you know what it's a lot of shit it's a lot of streaming platform mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff on your phone you can just take it and go but sometimes you just don't have time you don't have time and it's okay don't get your blood pressure high about it you know because we got you because we're too many flicks and we watch all of the flicks so that you you don't have to. 